Okay, we are going to prove that uh, academics talk more than politicians. <laughs> okay, first of all, let me thank IPS for inviting NSP to this forum and giving me the opportunity to speak to the audience about political renewal. Now, after general election 2011, there's been a lot of anticipation. I believe the word renewal was first coined uh, by PAP to describe the importance of the election, that this election is about the leadership renewal of PAP. And then, of course, opposition parties came up with a lot of new faces, generating a lot of expectations as well. Well, there are two kinds of renewal. There is evolution and there is cloning. Uh, my apologies to Vikram, uh, this is not personal. Um, now, PAP's new slate of candidates in 2011 didn't look too different from its previous batch or the one before. Uh, same sources, union representatives, public sector employees, and high-income professionals, mainly bankers, doctors, and lawyers. What is most significant, though, is that when asked by the press, uh, none of the candidates could find any policy, any existing PAP policies that they disagreed with. It seems to be a purely mathematical exercise of lowering the median age of the MPs. So evolution or cloning, you decide. The controversial million-dollar ministerial salaries, which the PAP has always maintained, is necessary to attract talent into politics. It didn't seem to have much effect in bringing in an improved slate of candidates. In fact, I venture to say that they had better candidates in the past when salaries were much lower. I've always objected to the policy of high ministerial salaries, not because ministers should not be paid so much, but because it is ineffective. It will not bring in the kind of talent that they're looking for. The edge that private sector used to have is the widespread respect and trust from the people precisely because of the personal and financial sacrifices necessary in taking up such appointments. With the rapid increase in ministerial salaries to levels way above international norms, the respect and trust that has been built up has been eroded. Making public office lose its competitive edge compared to private sector jobs in non-monetary terms, and yet still lagging behind private sector profit-driven jobs in monetary terms anyway. It also places those who have chosen to serve out of a des desire to serve the nation in a rather uncomfortable position. We need to leverage on the unique attributes of public office rather than to compete on financial terms. I hope that the committee that has been set up to review min ministerial salaries will take into account this if it wishes to tackle the issue holistically. In fact, I feel that the dearth of talent, as PAP terms it, is of their own doing. You cannot 
clamp down on activities remotely related to politics so vigorously and yet still expect a lot of applicants for political positions. Now, if the PAP has difficulty attracting candidates, what about the opposition parties? The possibility of any opposition candidates making financial gains out of politics is very low, and in fact, history is littered with examples of those who ended quite the reverse. By PAP's logic, we must be daft. Well, if daft means laboring for love of one's country, if it means risking yourself on the strength of your belief in what is right and just, then we're guilty. And thankfully, there seems to be a rising level of daftness in Singapore. <laughs> Opposition po politics has been slowly evolving and gaining speed and visibility in the last few years. One significant change is the growing involvement of younger men and women in opposition politics. Like it or not, a change in ruling party is not going to happen in the near future. If ever achieved, it will be by future generations, those currently in their 20s or maybe younger. And in them lies my hope for a different political future for Singapore. When I first got involved in politics in 2009, I was lucky enough to meet many prom promising young people. You're probably familiar with one of them, Nicole. But there are others who have not yet thrown in their hat in the election. These are just some of those that I've managed to find the photographs of. Young, fearless, articulate, and ready to devote time and energy into what they believe in. The stuff to make old jaded hearts glad. Another change is the entry of highly qualified and established opposition candidates. The appearance of people like Chen Xiaomao, Tan Ji Se, Dr. Ang, etc., successful and established in their own field, with no axe to grind against the government, with more to lose than to gain by joining the opposition cause. Completed the transformation of the image of opposition politics in Singapore. And the third factor is, of course, the role of internet in Singapore politics. The emergence and growing popularity of political block sites have significantly altered our media landscape. These sites cannot be controlled or censored, and they're predominantly anti-PAP. With the interactivity offered on such sites, they're probably instrumental in igniting and maintaining the political awareness and involvement of the young. Opposition parties, especially the SDP, have also taken advantage of this and the various tools like YouTube and Facebook to reach out directly to Singaporeans in a way that we've never been able to do so with traditional media. But what is also very significant is not just the direct contribution of online media as an additional media, but its indirect contribution in the changes that it has forced upon the mainstream media. MSM have had to give a lot more media coverage to opposition parties than previously, because if they don't, they end up driving traffic to online sites and losing credibility in the process. 
as the MSM is still the main source of information for the bulk of the population, the impact is huge. These developments have been very positive for opposition, with many seeing a significant inflow of new blood, heralding changes to come. In the latest party congress of NSP, we've elected a new CC, and out of 15 CC members, seven were first-time candidates in GE 2011, and one has yet to see his first electoral battle. This is a clear demonstration of NSP's commitment towards renewal. NSP has quite a unique leadership transition history. Compared to other pol political parties, we have seen more frequent changes of presidents and secgens, and you often find our CECs comprising of current and former presidents and secgens working together. This is very much unlike, for example, in Workers' Party, where Mr. Lo has been the leader for a very long time, and in SDP, there's Mr. Chum, and in SDP, Dr. Chi. Now, there are pros and cons to this. First, the cons, which are rather obvious. When the phase of the party keeps changing, it is more difficult to leave an impression on the general public. Rapid succession of different faces, different personalities, different priorities. For a party that has yet to establish its identity brings about confusion. Consistency in messaging is difficult to maintain and our branding is weak. This is one problem which we're gonna have to overcome and is our top priority for the new CEC. On the other hand, under certain circumstances, this weakness can be turned into an advantage. All opposition parties are still very weak compared to the PAP, and we need to grow stronger. For any party to grow stronger, it needs to have leaders who are prepared to embrace new entrants stronger than themselves. Instead of, instead of seeing them as threats, to their leadership positions. And NSP, with its history of smooth leadership transition, with a culture of leaders abdicating leadership positions to promising newcomers, the lack of a dominant personality who holds sway over the party, and the lack of an entrenched power structure offers a unique proposition. Um, these are the areas that the new CC will be working on. As I mentioned, firstly, we need to sharpen NSP's identity. Um, for I will go very quickly through this because I see that I'm running out of time. Um, strengthening our media engagement, especially online media, and attracting new members. Uh, we plan to distribute Nicole's photograph with every membership application. So <laughs> we should see uh, uh, the world beating a path to our door. Uh, strengthening ties with the community. Um, now, as in the last election, nearly all constituencies has been contested. Going forward, if opposition parties were to grow, three-corner fights are a likely scenario. And in order to ensure our priority in any constituency, Building grassroots organizations is going to have to be something that all opposition parties need to seriously consider. And lastly, cooperation with other op political parties, which ought to be easier in the coming years. 
um, training and development of young, younger members to groom them for politics and the dirty word documentation. I hate documentation myself, but hating it and not doing it totally are two different things. Any organization that wants to grow needs documentation to harness its knowledge and experience for the, for the benefit of future batches to come. But this is a topic that I hesitate to bring up to my CEC because I fear a mass resignation. And then that will be poetic justice, wouldn't it? <laughs> um, and lastly, what is most significant is the evolution of the electorate. But um, a, a lot of the previous speakers have been speaking on that. So uh, let me just go through quickly. Uh, more internet savvy and less fearful. And, and what the surveys don't capture is that after GE 2011, I felt a greater sense of national identity and pride. A couple of weeks ago, I walked into an optic shop in Aljunied GRC, chatted with the lady boss, and when she realized that I'm also in Aljunied GRC, she proudly said that our votes are very valuable. Another staying in the West told me that he's never felt so Singaporean before than during GE 2011. And such is the power of politics. It brings people together in a way unsurpassed even by soccer. And at moments like this, I feel very proud of myself for being part of the movement that has brought such pride to Singaporeans. Thank you. <laughs>